Welcome to Guarding Talk back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you back once again. Thank you. Good good to be back as always. Looking very bright and chipper today. I am in a, I'm in a good mood, but I always am, aren't I? You always, always got a spring in your step on a Monday. <laughs> I do, I do. What have you got for us today, Scott? Well, I thought we'd talk about high drangers. They're out in flower at the moment and looking particularly lovely. Uh, we were going to talk about grass trees last week, didn't get to it. So yep. let's see if we can recap on that and new growth on camellias, what to do to keep Keep it looking pristine. And we've got Rob from East Maitland, and he's got a question about the old onion weed. Hey, Rob, how can we help you? Good day, mate. Um, look, I, there's, there's a theory going around that, like, uh, because Maitland's sort of like kind of a flat area, that onion weed's just in our dirt around here. Uh, but the last, well, this last season, it's just seems to have just exploded. Um, and what I've been doing is, when, when, it, when it rears its, its ugly head, I've, I've been going out and, and grabbing it right down at ground level and just twisting the, the, the flower seed and the leaves off it. Um, now, I was just wondering, if, if I continuously did do that, that would would stop it, wouldn't it? No, mate, um, you're doing exactly the wrong thing, we've got to tell you here. <laughs> that, is an, that is an absolute trap for young players and you've fallen straight into it there. Not oh, good. Well, not good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what what's happening? About you think you're pulling it out, but you're not really, Rob. Uh, because no, down, I'm, all I'm, do- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually taking any of the seeds out. I'm just just taking all the leaves off. Yep. So that there'd be there'd be no photosynthesis, would there? Yeah, but those little bulbs are sitting in under the ground, and they just split apart as soon as you like. It put any pressure on that plant to try and pull it out of the ground, and they just yep. sort of all flake away. And then you've got hundreds more little onion weeds coming up. So the only real way, and I, I even recommend, don't even try and dig it out um, because you really you just touch it, you go anywhere near it. it. All these little tiny, fine little onion bulblets, onion weed bulblets, just flake away. It is. It's, it's harder than uh, eating, you know, like the chocolate. You know the way it just got, makes a mess everywhere. And that's exactly what onion weed does. Mate, I reckon the only way to really get rid of it is to use poison on it, uh, using zero or you know Roundup, one of those glyphosate type ones. Uh, you have to spray it on very carefully, or you can paint it on if you want to, and you have to be incredibly persistent about that. Uh, of course, you know heavy mulching with some newspaper and sugarcane mulch over the top, you know, would choke it out as well over time. Uh, but yeah, trying trying to pull it out or dig it out, uh, it's just going to create a world of pain for you because it just spreads so easily. Because I actually went online and I found out there is, is a poison that you can use, and it does just target to um, onion weed, but. It's seven hundred and fifty dollars for two hundred and fifty grams of it. Yeah, precisely, and it might not even be available uh, in a domestic market as well. So, uh, unfortunately, it really just comes down to that using uh, you know zero Roundup and being incredibly persistent to to get it under control. You will. Uh, there's no doubt you will get it under control, and it, it depends where it is as well. If it's in amongst other plants, it becomes more difficult to spray. Uh, but we were talking last week to a lady who had a problem about onion weed, and I suggested making. Uh, you know, like a little uh, funnel or something to put on the end of your spray uh, so that you could actually just put that directly over the top of the onion weed, give a spray, and it wouldn't affect any of the plants around it. Uh, now, the other trap for young players, Rob, is um, if you've got 
roses, you cannot spray Zero or Roundup around your roses because it will mutate them and make them very unhappy little campers. So uh, definitely no spraying of Zero around rose bushes. But uh, otherwise, look, if you're very careful with Roundup, uh, because you have to remember anything it touches it will kill, uh, you can spray it around. Uh, just make sure it doesn't get on other plants. Yeah, because I've been using that um, that stuff that you recommended, that slasher. Yeah, so sla- uh, slashers, uh, it, it sort of burns the, the leaves away. But the trouble with onion weed is it does have those little bulbs and bulblets sitting in under the soil, and it's this stored energy uh, that it can then you know use that energy in there to continue growing. So slash is great. It will just you know burn away the leaves and potentially kill most weeds. But with onion weed, I think it would only just set it back and uh, those bulbs again, will just come, come back to life for you. Okay, then, mate. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Tom. I, oh, I hate being the bearer of bad news, but there's a, yeah, oh. a bit of work ahead of you there. Okay, mate. Okay, Have good a good on day. You. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Well, we've got Julie now, and she's got a question about cucumbers. Good afternoon, Julie. How can we help you? My Okay. Uh, in what way don't they okay. look the best? <laughs> I've got them in a big pot, growing up a tripod. Yes. And the bottom leaves, the big leaves, are going yellow and crispy looking. Right. Okay. Now, on those leaves, if you some of the other leaves, if you, if you were to turn them over, uh, is there any sort of you know fungal spores, no. any sort of grey things on there? Because cucumbers are renowned for having uh, issues with uh, fungus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't see any bugs or anything. I wondered if it was like, um, you know, the mold, the white mold. Yeah, the sooty and mold. I, that's that's what yeah. I was. Yeah, that's what I was asking you. If you, if you check some of those other leaves to see if there's anything uh, coming onto those yet. Not that I can see. Okay. It's well, not going to hurt me to spray it with a milk. No, uh, no. cream milk solution, is it? Yeah, look, not not at all. You can certainly do that. Uh, if you want to get something a little bit, uh, you know, stronger, you can get a, a copper spray and use that because uh, it's it's not harmful to the plants and it doesn't uh, it doesn't harm the the uh, fruit either of any plant you're spraying it on. Uh, I'm sure there's only a very small withholding period on copper spray, uh, which means you know for like one or two days you can't eat it after spraying. Yeah. Um, so look, I, I would definitely do that, or make up uh, like that solution. You what what solution do you use to try and keep the uh, fungal problems under control? I usually use full cream milk and uh, water. Okay, okay. And look, if anyone else has got any other sort of uh, natural, uh, you know, fungal uh, mould, um, you know, s- solutions, we'd be very happy to hear. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I usually say copper spray to keep that under control. You can use it preventatively. Uh, you can use it every week if you want to, to create that nice uh, sort of blue coating that it gets on the, uh, on the leaves of the plant. Uh, you know that it's then protecting from any fungal spores. Do uh, I just do the top or or the underneath of the leaves? No, as well? try and try and do the under underneath okay. of the leaves as well. So you need to try and mist it back up in underneath, and and then the other thing because your plant is in a pot, uh, just make sure it's being really well watered, uh, yep. but not necessarily spraying all over the plant. Just trying to you know get that water directly into the around the roots of the plant. That's all I do. Great. Okay. So yeah, look, keep keep that up. Uh, see how you go. Uh, but I'd definitely treat for uh, fungal problems with cucumbers. And uh, look, yeah, if anyone else has got another solution, natural one, we'd love to hear it. Okay. Thanks a lot, Scott. Okay. Bye. Thank you, Julie. Have a lovely afternoon. What was that? Milk and water. Yeah, just uh, milk and water. Full cream though, not the old skim. Not skimming on the skim. No, no, it has to be the full cream. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Something new every week here, isn't well, there? I, I love the natural solutions. That uh, you know, sometimes if things are getting too bad, it you know might not uh, 
work out. But work out, but yeah, it's always good as a preventative. So yeah, anyone will love to hear about it. Right, we've got Gail from Mount Hutton. She's got a question about rhubarbs. Hello. Oh, good afternoon. Hello, Gail. How can we help you? Um, I have some rhubarb growing in like um, a garden, a stand-up garden. Yes. Pot thing. Um, some of it's beautiful. It's you know it's thick. The rest is skinny, skinny. Okay. <laughs> So uh, how often are you fertilising it? And how old is your rhubarb uh, Well, patch? some of the skinny stuff's been in, I suppose, for about five years. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, it should be... I've been trying to persevere with it, but I think it's time for it to go. Well, like, I guess that's always something to do. You can always, uh, you know, dig it out and split it as well if you want to, uh, to try and, you know, isolate some of those better growing, um, you know, leaves and stalks uh, oh. and re- replant those again and then let it regenerate and see how you go with that. Okay. Yeah. Some, um, one, one fat. <laughs> Are they called a corm? Uh, well, I, I don't call them a corm, but uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, like that little bulb or you know that, yeah. that root system that it has underneath. Yes. Well, it's it seems to have two skinny ones coming off it. Do you think persevere with those ones or? Well, I, I, so how big's your patch? Is it you know quite large? Can you isolate oh. some better growing pieces out of that and uh, split that off? No, I think I'll just start again. <laughs> Get rid of these. I've been persevering for five or six years with these skinny things. I mean, oh, and I mean skinny like a knitting needle. Oh, that's yeah. That doesn't sound a very fine knitting needle. So you yeah. know, I think, oh God, these, this isn't worth picking to cook. So. And, and what about your fertilising? What are you doing uh, to try and you know strengthen those that plant up? Oh, no, but it's um, thrive or. Flourish or whatever. Yeah, look, and, that, and that's fine every couple of weeks. Uh, it might also be worth using, uh, you know, something a little bit uh, heavier, I guess, uh, you know, like a dynamic lifter, organic fertiliser, one of those slow-release ones. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just like see, those pellet things? Yeah, one of the pellet yeah. ones. Just see okay. how you go with that. All right. And uh, I guess it's the age-old question about rhubarb. What's the colour of the of the stems? Do you get red or...? Oh, red. I don't like the other one. <laughs> And but some people have trouble actually getting it uh, to to go red. You know, it goes green. It all tastes the same apparently, mm. uh, but they can't get it red. So uh, and then people always call in and give us the tips about that, and I like to hear that as well. I don't know. I just planted it. And <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank okay. you for your help. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. So we got Jenny from Maitland, and she's got a question about cat heads. Hello, Jenny. How can we help you with them? They're nasty oh, things, aren't hello. they? <laughs> They're very, very good at doing succeeding. That's one thing I can say about them. They are, we're, we're aren't they? Small, yeah, we're on a small farm outside of Maitland. Yes. Um, and we uh, we graze some cattle. We don't grow any crops at the moment, but it's obviously it's not good for cattle to eat catheads. Um, the things have come in on some farm machinery at some stage in the past. We just don't know how to kill them. Yeah, so you should be able to, being on a farm, actually go down and, and uh, you know get some of the uh, the good the good stuff from the farm supply um, that you know your you know your uh, suburban gardener can't get. Uh, so you need to go down and get something that's going to kill. It's called caltrop, uh, is the actual name of the plant. Uh, so if you go into your, your farm supply place, they should be able to help you out with a chemical uh, that will get that under control for you. Now I'm not okay. I'm not always familiar with those ones because I'm you know I only do domestic gardening and so when we get to that larger scale I'm not actually familiar with a lot of those chemicals um, but I okay. know they they certainly do have ones that will get it under control for you in a very good way. <laughs> oh okay, is there a, a best time to do that? Do you know because I know the seed test we sometimes we're on the riverbank yes and we have um, the council comes through and they spray lots of weeds intermittently. Um, on the riverbank, and uh, 
the, the cathead seem to go uh, brown, but the seeds are still there. And I'm not sure whether the seeds are actually dead after they've been sprayed or whether they're just dormant. Yeah, they, they should be they should be dead. It's always best to spray before uh, you know any seeding or flowering to try and stop that actual because some will always escape out of there. But if the plants died, then the the seed head should be dead as well with it if it's still on the plant. Uh, so it is always important to get in early about that. What stage are they up to? Are they up to sort of uh, you know thong um, puncturing stage of the, the size of the cat's head at the moment? Uh, yeah, well- some of them are. We've dug a lot out yep. and you get the roots and that's fine and we're careful not to drop any seeds. But actually when you see right at the very bottom or the top of the root, there's a small seed always. So, um, it, <laughs> you know, they're very, and we've dug out some small ones. They're very successful, as I said, at um, surviving. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got cat heads. They've got the heads on them, the seeds, even when they're small, very small. So... That's why I thought I thought I'd ring in and get some advice. Yeah, so you need to go down to your farm supply, get something that will kill caltrop, and uh, that will do the job for you. All right, well, that sounds excellent. Thank you so much for okay, your time. Okay, thank I you very much for the day. call, and good luck with it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Always a Bye. nasty word. I remember riding a push bike. No, I just, I, so you just said a thong buster? Yep. I've many a time, just walk over and... Straight through the thongs. Straight through the thongs, straight into the into the bike tie. And you know that if you could always make it home, but if you pulled it out, then it just go and you knew you'd done the wrong thing. <laughs> leave it in there. If you're kids out there, if you're listening, if you leave the cat's eye in. Leave it until you get home. Yep, and then pull it out. Otherwise, it's bad news. It's bad news. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> We've got John now from Nelson Bay, and he's got questions about mangoes. Afternoon, John. How can we help you? <laughs> Uh, hello, Scott. Like your show, mate. Uh, my question, mate, is about trimming a mango tree. I'd like to know how far out from the trunk I can go and how high off the ground I can chop the top off. Yeah, I've gone pretty hard on mango trees. Of course, not the time to do it at the moment if you want to get fruit off it because it should be mid-flower right now. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I've gone pretty hard on mango trees. Uh, you know, taken, I would say, you know, almost two-thirds of the plant um, back down. They reshoot really nicely for you. Uh, so yeah, you, you can certainly uh, you know have a fair crack at it. If you want to do it now, you can, um, but just be aware that you won't get any fruit for this year, and uh, it'll but it'll be nice for next year. Right. So, so if I was to go say six feet out from the trunk, uh, that would be all right. Yes, that that should be fine. How how large is the tree now, John? Oh, it's, it's not it's not a re, it's not a real big one. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, I thought six feet would be far enough, and probably how many meters do you think I, I can go off the ground? Well, I always think with a mango tree, you get enough mangoes off them. Uh, you just need to keep them to a, a size where you can control them, uh, because of course, you know, if you let a mango go, you've got a plant that's you yeah. know like twelve meters high, sort of thing, and enormous, yeah. and the fruit's just going to drop on the ground. You can't spray yeah. it to keep you know the the fungal disease is under control. So even if you've got a plant that's, you know, say three metres high yeah. uh, and you can get up to, the, you know, the top on a ladder, I think that's plenty big enough with a mango tree. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, good on you, John. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we've got Tom from Millfield and he's got a question about the fireweed. Hello, Tom. How can we help you? G'day, mate. Um, so I just want to inquire about the fireweed. We're pretty overrun here on our farm, like most farms probably around here. So I was just wondering if um, you had any solution to 
conquering the mighty fireweed. Oh, look, I, I don't. Again, this is a bit of a, a farm farm question <laughs> time yeah. today. Uh, fireweed is a bad one. It's the one with the yellow flower that gets on it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it sort of gets uh, one foot or so high. makes a lot of difference. Now, what happens to cows when they eat that, uh, mate? Yeah, they get sick. Yeah, yeah. So it's not very good at all. Uh, th- there are chemicals out there that would do it. I would go along to your, your supply place and see if they've got a industrial strength chemical um, to um, spray the fireweed with. Um, yeah. Look, it, it may be that uh, you know there's not ones even here in Australia. I know when you Google it, uh, you can't, you know, because I've done that in the past uh, to try and find out when people have asked me. There are chemicals out there. Whether they're available in Australia, I'm not sure. But yeah, if you've got it on that large scale. Uh, you know, problem in, on your farm—a very difficult weed to keep under control. Mm. Have you been? Uh, have you been along and asked um, before about anything that they've got? Yeah, yeah. There is a chemical that they can spray on it, but I just wanted to get your advice. Yeah. So, <laughs> unfortunately, it does come down to that with the fireweed. You are going to have to give it a spray. Um, no other real way to get out of it. And because it gets so many, you know, those heaps and heaps of those little yellow flowers, uh, yeah. heaps of seed, spreads in the wind, uh, yeah, very, very damaging uh, plant uh, to have uh, on your property. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we slash them a bit out here, but yeah. Yeah, and look, you'd have to slash at the right time, wouldn't you? Because if you start, you know, if it gets to that flowering stage, uh, you'd have to get in well before that to to slash and try and keep it under control. But then, of course, you know there's still the the root system in under the ground, and it probably comes back on you as well. Uh, but yeah, keeping that seeding and flowering under control under control is the is the biggest problem. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your time, mate. Okay. Thank you, Tom. Good luck with it, mate. Uh, hope you keep those cows well. Uh, Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks, Tom. We've got Terry now from Blackalls Park, and he's got a question about trying to get rid of cats from his house. Ooh, what, what's been going on, Terry? Uh, rotten cats in your garden, mate. Sorry, the shop's done. What can I use? Yeah, so there, there are products out there. There's one called Deter. Uh, you have to be very careful, uh, like you have to be very persistent about that uh, because if it rains, it'll sort of wash it away. So it, it is a, uh, a liquid. It's a, sort of been around for a long time. It's actually a British uh, in, invention. comes right. out of Britain, yeah, from back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, deters the one to get. It'll keep possums and other things away as well. Uh, must have a weird smell that, you know, humans necessarily can't smell, but the cats can. But, again, it's just, just persistence uh, trying to keep them out. So I put the shotgun away and... Oh, yeah, we, can, we can't recommend that one. Uh, if you're at Black Horse Park, I don't think you can have a licence for one either. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. No, have, you, have you got a big dog? That, that, that works as well. No, I haven't. Mate. There's dogs around the area, but they do everything but chase cats. <laughs> that sounds like my dog. <laughs> <laughs> right, now, what I've got to hear is grazing isn't any good for cleaning up the weeds around the boundary. Uh, sorry, can you say that again? A spray is good for... Graze on extra. Uh, okay, but this, uh, now that sounds like another one where uh, I think you probably got it from a farm supply place. There's heaps. Yeah, I did, I did, yeah, I did. yeah. So look, I, I can't really sort of talk about that one too much. Again, if you've got that, you just have to uh, read the instructions and use it accordingly. Yeah, right. No worries. I'll okay. Do Cheers. Thank you very Thanks. Much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. The the other problem that happens with a lot of those chemicals is that the uh, the breakdown. You know, the dilution rate is so. Um, Slower, and so it was no, so you know, large. You have to, you know, they, you know, you might use five liters to do, you know, twenty thousand hectares, yep. and all of a sudden you just want to do your backyard. 
And so you'd have to have a pipette or some sort of scientific, you know, thing to actually a put thimble. A, a thimble just to put a very small amount <laughs> yep. of that chemical in and do your yard. So that's why they're not necessarily a great thing to use in domestic uh, settings. Otherwise, you might poison the entire backyard. Well, you have a gr- glowing green. You won't need the grass anymore. It'll <laughs> just be glowing. <laughs> We've got Judith now from Merriweather, and she's also got some problem with weeds. Judith, how can we help you? Oh, I love your show, Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. I have a new puppy, and when I let him out on the driveway, he keeps eating the weeds in the cracks, and I'm very concerned. Are weeds poisonous to puppies? Well, look, if, if the puppy's eating too much of those, you know, weeds and it's only a very small little dog, it could be. Uh, you know, something that's very safe to use is a product called Slasher. Uh, it just burns the weeds, the leaves of the weeds away. So I, I think that's probably a very good product for you to use. Uh, you know, glyphosate and all those things. So look, you can spray it, but obviously you don't want a little pooch uh, sucking on that. So I, I would get some of that Slasher and make sure it's a nice hot day. Um, if it's in the weeds in the concrete, that's great because... Uh, Sorry, if they're weeds in the concrete, that's great because the uh, the heat of the concrete is going to help that slasher uh, burn it away. So a very, very good idea and keep uh, that little dog away. We don't want it being sick. The other thing he does, he actually licks the concrete. Have you any thoughts on that? Oh, it doesn't sound like a smart dog. Don't know why he'd be doing that. <laughs> maybe there's salt or lime, some sort of taste coming out of there. That might be a question for Wednesday. Yeah, maybe for that's, that's for pet chat, yeah. Well, I realise it's probably a veterinary question, but now where can I obtain this slasher? Uh, you can get it uh, from any good independent garden centre and uh, make sure you go in and ask the advice about it. Oh, thank you very much, Scott. I really appreciate your help because I love my new little puppy so much. I was so lonely and alone when I got him and I'm not anymore and I just got frightened when he was eating the weed. Well, that, that's magnificent and I'm glad he's there to keep you company. Thank you very much, Scott. I really appreciate your help. Okay, we'll talk Thank to you. you. Thanks, Bye. Thanks, Judith. Bye-bye. It's Guarding Talk back on to you on your RFM. If you've got a question, 49216216. We've got Helen from Fletcher, and she wants to repot an Australian grass tree. Oh, this is a good segue. We were going to talk about grass trees somewhat. So, Oh, hello. Hello, Helen. How can we help you? What do you want to do? Oh, yes. Um, I've just um, purchased a, a black boy um, grass tree. Yes. And I'm just wanting to put it in the ground, and I'm not too sure um, how to do it. Someone said, you know, dig the big hole, put um, pebbles down, then some dy- dynamic lifter, and then put it in and take care, and then fill it and just leave it. Or the other option was just to put it in the pot and all in the ground. Uh, look, I, I, I actually don't like any of those options, to tell you the <laughs> truth. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know that, that they're, they're fantastic options. Uh, so gra- grass trees, uh, they're an Australian native, uh, and but they have a very, very sensitive root system. So yes. the, the first the first one we'll deal with about putting pebbles in there, someone might have said that because they think you know, it needs to be well-drained, and that's true, they do need a well-drained um, position to grow in. Um, but as for putting dynamic lifted, that is, I would say that's a very big no-no because, uh, okay. that, yeah, they, they just don't like having, uh, you know, being over-fertilised. Um, okay. And most natives don't, so definitely don't do that. Uh, as for just putting it in there in the pot, well, I don't know about that either because how are the roots going to get out and start to spread? Yeah, exactly. and how's, exactly. Yeah, how's the plant going to get bigger over time? So I think, I think we'll sort of cross that one off as well. 
Uh, now, the way I would do it uh, is to dig your hole out, you know, nice and big. Uh, if you've got clay soil, uh, I wouldn't even think about planting a black boy there. So you need to have a nice, well-drained um, position. And um, can you, uh, the other thing you need to do is to go and get some native uh, fertiliser, uh, and some native potting mix. And that's what you're going to fill your hole in with. And you're going to plant it directly into that native uh, potting mix uh, because it'll be nice and safe in there for your grass tree. Uh, now, it, how big is the pot you've actually got it in at the moment? Is it quite a large pot or a smaller one? Uh, well, I, I was lucky. I actually got two little, I call it, you know, male and female or husband and wife. And it's probably just a um, oh, 12-inch. You know, pot. Okay. Came, yeah. mm. And and do you know how long it's actually been in that pot? Has it been in there for some oh, time? I wouldn't have a clue, but it, it's sort of quite a, got a few good stems. Like the stems, probably. Um, what do you call it? You know, the stem, the trunk. Sorry, trunk. It's probably about um, thirty centimeters tall. Okay. Okay. So it's a you know it's a little tiddler, but it's sort of getting on there. Uh, so the the most important thing is to get your pot near the hole that you're going to put it into. Get it all ready to go. Um, you can actually give that a water if you want to to try and you know bind it all together, mm. and then what you'd need to do is just get someone else with you um, to sort of hang on to the uh, to the grass tree as best as possible, lift it up and just gently you know hit around where the the plastic rim of the pot is, uh, get that to fall off, and then very very quickly get it into the hole and get your potting mix around it and some more water to bed it in. Okay, so native potting mix. Yes, okay. most definitely, and then only native fertilisers, and uh, only definitely only do it in accordance with the instructions uh, on the side of the packet. And what about the pebbles on the ground? I've put it on the. Well, I don't really see the use in that. If you're putting in okay. a native uh, potting mix, then it should be well drained and do all the right things for you. Okay, and and what about the funnel? And there was another question: the funnel. Um, plant is it something the lovely white flowers oh fl- uh, flannel flowers uh, yes. plant yes okay so look you uh, flannel flowers are uh, readily available you can actually get them as seed as well uh, jump out your independent garden center have a talk to them about them they're in flower at the moment uh, and have been for the last month or so uh, so they should be available out there um, but you just have to ask around a bit. Well, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure about there exactly, uh, but always independent garden centres uh, where okay. you'll get your best advice and they'll have access to a wider range of plants. All right, lovely. Thanks, okay. Scott. Okay, thanks, Helen. Cheers. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. I'm actually wearing flannel today. You are. You are the old flannel shirt. If only we could propagate that. If only. If only. Imagine flowers coming out in plaid. Yeah, that. Uh, what colour is that? Is it grey, blue? I'd fair? say it's a grey, orangey. Almost like the flannel flower because it has that really beautiful uh, sort of grey uh, foliage on oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah, and then the white flower. So, yeah, yeah, very nice. What a, con- what a con- <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Barbara from Heat and Greeter and she's got a question about removing oxalis. Hello, uh, Barbara, Barbara, how can we help you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We've got too many names on the board. I've just been confused. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to confuse you. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to know how do I get rid of creeping oxalis out of the lawn? It has taken over. Yeah, so have you been spraying it all? No, not I have this morning, but it is hard work the way I'm doing it. <laughs> okay, so you will you will need to get a, a selective um, herbicide to, to do that. Uh, and oxalis will be killed with bindi uh, or one of the derivatives of that uh, that chemical. 
Um, so, yeah, you can certainly spray with that. Uh, now, you have to be careful. What sort of lawn have you got? Buffalo or cooch? Or? You, you named it. That's the problem. Yeah, the buffalo. buffalo. Yeah, so you can use Bindi on buffalo. It's just you can't use, you know, overuse it or use it, you know, more than, you know, two or three times a year. So, of course, when you get some, um, turn over the, the packet and have a look at the instructions and make sure you note um, that it can be used on buffalo lawns, but it will certainly get rid of the oxalis. And now the best other thing to do, that's a great little turn of phrase there by me then, the best other thing to do is to uh, mix some detergent in with that as well just to make it a little bit sticky so that it sticks on to the actual leaf of the plant. Uh, because, oh, that you mean just washing up the dirt? Yeah, just a, little, just a couple of little droplets in there because yeah. oxalis has a, a leaf where, uh, you know, it beads the water off and it tries to uh, to run away and it won't stick on there as well. So if you put some detergent in there, it just makes the uh, the chemical and the water a little bit more sticky and it will you will uh, get it to settle on the leaf of the plant and you'll get a much better result if you do that. All right, thank you. Now, just as a point, can it be transferred with the lawnmower from one area of the yard to another? Yes, absolutely. So now the trouble with that is uh, if there's a, a seed head uh, there, if the seed heads will burst very, very easily on oxalis. They just almost explode and just go out into the... It's Dave's sound effects as well. They go <laughs> out, into the, out into the lawn and spread around very easily. So if you're mowing, uh, definitely going to do that. So you have to be very careful about treating it um, before you uh, mow to try and um, it will, for two reasons that uh, you've got plenty of leaf uh, for it to actually settle on and so that you don't spread any seed heads around thank you very much i just wondered about it because i have actually mowed in the last week and there wasn't any in my front lawn yes. but i mowed the back first and now it's popping up everywhere in the front lawn. Yeah, so that you might well have made those little explosion, explosive noises and spread it around a little bit, unfortunately. <laughs> all right. Thank you so okay, much. That's all right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Well, we've got Anne now from Charlestown. She's got a question about hydrangeas. Hello, Anne. How can we help you? Anne. Oh, and we were going to. Oh, there you go, Anne. We were going to talk about hydrangeas anyway, weren't we? So, well, we were, yeah. Yeah, we, she might call back and we'll. Um, we'll Top it off then. We'll see. How we go. Well, we've got yeah. Rick now from Raven Terrace, and he's got a weed called Richard. Rick Riccardi, right? Riccardi, right? So, yeah. Rick, how can we help you? Well, listen, I just want to know how to get rid of it. I've tried brown vinegar, white vinegar, um, uh, salt. Uh, it, it kills the, 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 the green leaf on it, but yes. apparently it's still down deep, and I want to know what I can use. I've tried Roundup and all that, but unfortunately that just kills the whole lot. Yeah, it will it will kill kill the whole lot. Um, yeah, Riccardi is a very persistent weed. It has that funny sort of furry leaf about it, and like you said, the the root system. Uh, look, I would be uh, try try one of the the, the uh, you know Bindi style. Uh, you know, uh, selective herbicides, that should yes. knock it on the head. Anything with dicamba in it is what you need. Um, that's the active constituent. So dicamba is the one you need. So jump down to your, yes. yeah, jump down to your independent garden centre, uh, tell them about the Ricardia, uh, have a look on the side of the packet and uh, make sure that it's got dicamba yes. as the act- active constituent in there. That should get rid of the Ricardia for you, at least knock it on the head somewhat so you can continue uh, digging it out. But yeah, mate, look, uh, unfortunately using Roundup will kill the plant, but it'll kill everything else around it. And then any other weed will spread into the void and uh, yeah, so yeah, avoid doing that. I'll give it a go. I'm okay. not sure how I'll enjoy it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good on you, Rick. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much for your time. 
for your time. Cheers, Bye, all right, we have time for maybe one or two more calls. We've got Michael from Salamander Bay. He's got a question about the old stink bug. Oh, stink bug. Michael, where are they on the citrus or what, what's happening with them? No, it's actually out on the, on the nature strip out the front of the house. Um, I don't know what type of tree it is, but there's more bugs than there are leaves. <laughs> now, there is, there is a plant called Norfolk Island hibiscus. Uh, that the stink bugs love as well. It's uh, just they're just attracted to them. Uh, you know they've got a, a seed pot on them as well. That when it explodes, it uh, you know sends out like little stinging, almost like fiberglass fibers out there with the seed on there. And that's uh, not a nice part about this plant either. And councils did have a habit of putting them in, uh, especially in sandy areas. Uh, so that's Norfolk oh. Island hibiscus. It could be up there at your place, at Salamander Bay. Uh, you're looking to try and keep them under control, are you, man? Eradication. Yeah, that's worked. <laughs> How big's the the uh, the plant that they're on out the front? It's uh, probably eight, ten feet tall, and probably four feet in diameter. Oh, okay. So it's still you can still get out there and spray if you want to. It's not like the you know it's a twenty foot high tree or anything oh, like that. No, no, it's, it's accessible. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, look, I, I would get uh, some malathon uh, and uh, start spraying that around. Um, what'll happen is you know they'll sort of see you coming they they've quite a clever little bug they'll try and go around the back of the leaves so that you can't get them so just make sure you're misting and spraying all around in that area to try and get them under control uh they won't die straight away but you know you go out there in two or three hours and they should all be on the ground around the bottom of the plant beautiful and is that easily accessible like at bunnings or has it got to go from a plant shop or where? no look at any uh, any garden center uh, you should be able to get some malathon and uh, give it a crack Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Okay. It. Not a problem, Michael. Good luck with the stink bug. Thanks, much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Sorry, Gav. No, no, I was going to say the other way, the stink bug is the old hoover and just back them away. Oh, that's, a, that's a big effort, though. You've got to have an old hoover, though, because it's not going to be... You don't want your brand-new flash sort of... Uh, like those old ones with a with a face on it. Uh, yeah, with a face and the big long tube. Yeah, you don't want a flash new vacuum cleaner <laughs> out there because I'll just smell it out. It won't be very nice. Oh. Well, on, a, on that note... It's nearly lunchtime. That's all, that's all for us. Got sharp. Oh, we're going to have something fragrant to eat. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>